Welcome to The Dip, the podcast where we discuss our all-time favorite theme park experiences and ask, which attractions would we want to keep us company if we were stranded on a deserted island? Each episode, we invite a new guest onto the show to share the story of their favorite attractions and how it has shaped their relationship with theme parks. We'll delve into theme parks' emotional and personal significance for our guests. Join us as we journey through the deeply personal connections our guests have formed with the hobby and the impact it's had on their lives. I'm delighted to welcome today's guest to the DIP podcast. A rapper, creator, DJ, producer, podcaster, vlogger, and many other things I'm forgetting. My friend, the one and only Arch Nemesis. It's the Arch Nemesis. This, 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 this. What an intro, bro. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us. It's an honor. Happy to be here. Now, we've known each other for a few years. We've visited a fair few parks together. So I'm very interested to see how your island stacks up and compares to our other guests. For any new listeners, a little explanation. We have four sections we'll use to get to know you. The first one, Hyper. This is where we start building the island and find out a little bit more about your preferences. Giga. This is where we travel back a little to dive into your history. Strata. Here we do the deepest dive into your relationships with theme parks. And of course, you have to end the day with a nighttime spectacular. So, let's start building your island. We're going to start things off easy. Section 1. Hyper. What roller coaster would you include on your island? This is a tough one. Um, there's so many good ones. And I'm actually going to be controversial and not go for my number one roller coaster, which is um, Velocicoaster Islands of Adventure. I'm not going to choose it for my island um, because I've had a long think and I'm thinking ride to happiness because of its re-rideability. I'd agree with you there. I think it's going to be like that ride that I can go on over and over again and have a different experience. So if I am completely stranded on an island, as much as I love Velocicoaster and it is my favorite roller coaster, Ride to Happiness is just something that would always keep me on my toes. And does it help that the theme, obviously, of Ride to Happiness is Tomorrowland, music related? Your life revolves around music. <laughs> yeah. Does, does that add to it? It's a definite pull. It's a big draw for me. And if I'm if I'm on my own desert island, then I hope I'd be able to potentially reprogram that onboard audio. Because how cool would it be to play kind of like Rip Ride Rocket, your own music, um, whilst you're whizzing around a roller coaster? Maybe I'm dreaming too big, but I think if I've got enough time, I'd, I'd try and play some tunes whilst I'm on that ride. That, that makes sense. I've always thought the the whole area surrounding ride to happiness would work really well for like a dj set there's the little undercover section that's got a bar that's never open or i've never seen it open when i've been um it's almost the perfect little venue it's so cool it's one of those many places um that i've got a keen eye for when i visit theme parks i'm thinking this could be an amazing place for a dj set i always keep an eye out for some probably my my um dream location to perform would be music plaza at universal uh, just underneath Rip Rod Rocket. But um, yeah, that that location, that Tomorrowland space is so cool. And I think they do a fireworks event there, which has loads of live music. I've heard it's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's there's a New Year's Eve show, isn't there? The, the ride's open, then the ride shuts, then they do the fireworks, and I think it reopens. But I could be talking rubbish there. No, that sounds about right. But that's good. I think 
I, I'd agree with the rewritability. It makes perfect sense. You're stuck there forever. You want something you can keep doing again and again. So sounds good to me. Okay, so let's learn a little bit more about Archie. Would you like to select a card? Sure. This one. Cool. Right, so your first question. What's your happy place? I have a, um, I have a very specific happy space, um, actually, no, happy place. Um, so it's, it's Universal Studios, Florida, but there's a specific spot. Um, so I'll, I'll paint a picture. There's a uh, bench. It's like a metallic bench in, I believe, the San Francisco area when you take a right through the gates. And um, during Halloween Horror Nights, when there's a scare zone in that location, um, I love just chilling there with a butter beer in hand, relaxing and soaking up the atmosphere. It smells of like fog. You can hear people like screaming. That sounds a bit weird, but like for me, that is my complete happy place. And I'm, I'm at my happiest when I'm in that space, just chilling out. So it's, it's gotta be that spot at Universal Studios. And has it gotta be that spot at that time of year? Yes. I mean, I'd be super happy all year round, but if it's a scare zone, then yeah, I'm in dreamland. That spot is really special to me. I once visited the park um, uh, in 2018 for the first time and my family didn't go one night. So I decided to crack on by myself and I was getting no interactions um, with any of the actors or any of the environments. So I just thought, right, I'll chill out on this bench. And um, one of the actors picked up on it, came over and had some really cool interactions with me. And I'll never forget how cool that spot was. I just felt so immersed. I felt like I was involved in the magic. So that's definitely going to be my happy place. And is that your first place to visit when you get back? You go straight there. I love it. In fact, the boys get annoyed at me because I, um, I always drag them to that bench and get them to take a quick photo of me. Just because it holds so many special memories um, to me personally. So they always get like, oh, come on, we've got to go watch Born Stuntacular. I'm like, no, let me sit on this special bench. <laughs> and I think that's that's the, the best thing about the hobby uh, is it's those little things that mean a lot to you. And from the outside world, people will think, well, why, why does that matter? Like mm. for myself, I love being on Casey's Corner. doesn't matter which park, mm. but one of the many Casey's Corner around the world, you just feel... Yeah, this is me. This is where I should be. I feel like there's a spot for everyone. Just something that holds a lot of sentimental value. And that's so nice to hear that everyone's got that um, special spot. So I'm, I'm definitely at my, my happiest if I'm there. Turkey leg in the left hand and a butter beer in the right hand. And I'm set. Nice. Cool. So I know you're a massive film fan, particularly horror movies. So you're going to need a film to watch while you're stranded. What films had the biggest impact on your life and what's its significance? This is so tough. Um, I know you're a big film fan too, and I love speaking to you about movies. Um, so I'm nervous that I'm going to say the wrong thing. Uh, but so Scream is is my all time favorite movie. But I watched that really recently, so it doesn't have that same um, meaningfulness than other films do that I watched when I was younger. And yeah, I love horror, so I'm going to have to say The Thing for me. When I was growing up, my granddad bought me the DVD at an age where I shouldn't have been watching it. And it was John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, and 
it scarred me, but in the best way, because I was so fascinated by the way that they'd done all of the uh, physical set costume and prop design. I was just blown away by it and terrified by it. And I sort of loved the feeling of both. Um, so I'd say that that's had a, a massive role to play uh, for me in terms of meaningful films because that ignited my love for stuff that I was afraid of, but I also absolutely adored. And do you think you would have been in, as into kind of scary events, Halloween events as you are now, had that not have happened? Had you not got that video? Yeah, to be honest, I think it fueled it big time because it took me a long time um, to find my feet with scare events. I was always quite cautious um, and fearful of the unknown. Uh, now I'll happily throw myself at anything, but it took a long while to get there. Um, so I'd say the thing was a big stepping stone um, with my love for all things horror and um, horror, immersive attractions, all of that stuff. It probably kicked it all off. And kind of remembering that you're, you're stranded on an island here, is it a film you can rewatch? You're happy to rewatch it again and again? I'm just blown away by it and I, I love it so much. It's strangely a comfort watch for me. Um, so I'd, I'd I'd be more than happy to watch it over and over again. But whilst we're on the topic of films, my, my honourable mention has got to be Puss in Boots 2, The Last Wish. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but if I've done anything with this podcast, then it's to try and make all of you listeners uh, watch that incredible film. I actually haven't seen it. Dude, you love it. And everyone says, what do you mean? It's a Puss in Boots film, but just watch it and thank me later, everyone. I have heard it gets quite emotional. It's brilliant. Like, start to finish, one of the best films I've ever seen. And it's got elements of horror in it. That's why I like it. That's what drew me to it. Um, there's a villain in there who is absolutely fantastic. And it's shot like a horror film, even though it's made for kids. Um, so I'd recommend it for all ages. Cool. That sounds good to me. Right. So we should probably move on to the next section. We need to go back in time a little bit for this one. Okay. What's your first theme park memory? Section two, Giga. So it's not exactly a theme park, but it's more of like an adventure park. When I was much younger, there was um, the first thing I remember in terms of like immersive environments and, and themed experiences was this park in the Midlands called Sundown. And uh, my mum used to take me um, during school holidays. Um, and I'd, I'd wait all year just to visit. I loved it so much. And there were some cool rides. There was like a pirate water ride. And um, I remember the music so well. They all had soundtracks. There was a, um, a tractor ride. And I remember as a kid, I'd just come home and sing the songs that would, that would play, like the theme tunes. Um, there was this dragon that had a treasure chest. And if you touched the treasure chest, it would come to life. It was like an animatronic dragon. But I remember being so young that I was fully convinced the dragon was real and I was terrified of it. Um, so I'd say my first proper theme park memory was in that park. Um, and again, jumping back to the horror stuff, there was like a train ride and these bandits would pop out. It was like a Western style train ride and these bandits would pop up at the end in this cave and they would shoot at you from both sides. And I, I, I was so, so scared, but I kept riding it and I loved it. And that was my first theme park memory, just um, just being amongst that 
park and experiencing it i loved it and would not stop talking or singing about it when i got home yeah i think a lot of people's first memories tend to go for the being scared yeah Uh, obviously for the we're young when we first go i remember again not theme park thing but there was a restaurant near us that for some reason had uh waxwork miners all around the place and i wouldn't i wouldn't go to the toilet on my own because i'm not walking past those waxwork miners it's always the old creepy like museum style stuff isn't it so scary but i was completely captivated by it for some reason and after that as a as a kid did you get the chance to go to many theme parks i'm presuming the merlin parks and the or the two swords parks probably at the time in the uk yeah, I got introduced uh, to theme parks. Um, I was fascinated um, by roller coasters and I'd watch them on YouTube all the time. So by the time I first visited a park, I actually sort of knew all of the layouts for everything. I was completely obsessed, but I'd never ridden a roller coaster. Regrettably, my first was Rita, um, which is not a flex. But um, I remember just riding it with my dad at the age of 13 going, I actually quite like I quite like this experience and I was grateful because I I loved watching the videos so much and I I was playing a lot of RCT3. So I was just very glad that I liked the roller coaster experience. So yeah, it was the the Merlin pass holder stuff. You know, I I do Alton, then Chessington and then Thorpe and my love for roller coasters developed from there. Cool. So alongside roller coasters, on your island, you need a dark ride. What's the one dark ride you'd want to ride again and again? Great question. And um, I don't know whether this is controversial or not, but in um, in Animal Kingdom, there is a little gem tucked away in the corner in Dinoland, USA, uh, and it's called Dinosaur. And that, that ride is so special to me. It's just brilliant. I, I fear for my life every time I want it. I feel like I have to sort of pat down in the brake run and check if all my limbs are still intact. Um, I think it's flawless. So yeah, dinosaur would be my dark ride of choice. It's it's a good choice. And it's, it's a weird situation now where it seems like Disney don't care about that ride and potentially the whole area is going. It breaks my heart. Um, and it's so low key. It doesn't scream Disney attraction because it's, it's not like some of their other attractions. Like you've, you've got a massive mountain next door, Expedition Everest. And then you've got Dinosaur right next door to Everest, which is colossal. And the queue line for Dinosaur feels like a museum. It feels like some um, crappy little experience. In fact, I think I first went on it because I just wanted the aircon. Yep. And then I experienced the ride and was completely blown away. It's it's huge in that in that building the ride vehicle itself is just relentless throws you about but i think that's why i love it it feels dangerous it feels like you've got that sense of like trepidation going through it and uh, i'm always grateful to be alive when i get out and i think another bit is when you're when you're a uk based enthusiast our dark rides are the classic the the alice in wonderland at blackpool the maybe tomb blaster yeah they've got a lot of heart but they're not they're not intense, are they? No. And then you sit in this car and it suddenly starts throwing you all over the place. It's quite a big jump from anything we've got over here. 
Um, have you ever rode an Indiana Jones using the same? I wish. Okay. It's one that I've not got uh, the chance to do yet, but it's definitely on my bucket list. I would say, for me, well, for me personally, the dinosaurs add to it. So I, anytime there can be dinosaurs involved is good for me. Big time. Yeah, it's a solid agree from me. I love the, um, I just love the voiceover throughout as well, guiding you through that journey. Um, my One of my favorite theme park phrases to, to say is, let's go get that dino. Like, I, I love the ride so much. And um, it's got some great quotes in the pre-show and in the attraction. Yeah, that's good. So we'll add that to the island. Right, we need to dive a little deeper now. Can you select your next card? Sure. Okay. When do you feel most at peace? See, I'm a pretty peaceful person, but I think when I'm most at peace, or when I've felt most at peace, is um, I'll keep it theme park based. You don't have to. It can be anything. Well, there's all sorts. Um, but the most peaceful I've ever been in, in like, a, it's not actually a theme park. It's a water park. But Rulantica <clears throat> at Europa Park has this beautiful, like, river. It's not rapids. It's more of like a lazy river experience called Snorri Saga. And it has an amazing soundtrack. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, it has an amazing soundtrack and it is this so peaceful, really warm water like experience. You, you get in a little rubber ring and you just sit back and float for ages. You can stay in for as long as you want. And um, there's like bubbles. The, the soundtrack is incredible. You see Snorri just like soaring around, floating around next to you through like LED screens and... Um, there's it's just the coolest environment ever there's like it's like caverns above you amazing theming it's a 360 experience and i remember just lying back on that rubber ring thinking yeah this is like properly peaceful the best the best experience and i guess that helps that it's probably after an intense day in the theme parks you want to have a little relax there you go yeah it's so good at night actually um that is when it's at its best within the last few hours of um rulantica being open when it's dark outside you just feel completely chill and zen and there's hardly anyone in there so you can just lie back and let the water just take you and um yeah the soundtrack helps uh so so much with that but for me I could I could fall asleep. It's actually quite dangerous, but it was it was perfect, absolutely stunning experience. And outside of theme parks, do you have a, a place of zen? <laughs> you know what? Um, anywhere, if I'm closing my eyes and listening to that soundtrack in my headphones, it takes me there. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's how I genuinely, if I play the Rulantica soundtrack, I feel peaceful anywhere I go. It's gorgeous. I'll have to give it a listen. It's fab. Okay, so sticking kind of with the music theme, obviously it's a big topic for yourself. Your island's going to need a soundtrack. Of course, you'll be surrounded by your own music. I'll let you have that. Legend. But what is an album that's had a massive impact on you that you would also take to your island? Again, just like the films, there's so many. And I know you love your music too. Um, we share a lot of 
favorable artists um but uh, i'd say honorable mentions uh michael jackson thriller because it just has so many bangers on it um dawn fm the weekend that's just to keep bobby happy yeah that is just to keep bobby happy there you go hope you're happy bobby there it is there's the mention um but personal sentimental value, I'd say um, there's an album that you might not know, but it's by a band called London Grammar. It's called If You Wait. Um, they're like a three-piece band. They're incredible. And it's like that game, has anyone ever said to you, uh, you have to rap or sing every lyric or you die. I could do the whole album and, and still be kicking about. Um, I love that album. And I remember when I was really young, uh, they came and performed a park that was local to me but I was so close to the park where I lived um, I could hear them so I waited up all night just listening to them because I couldn't get any it was like an over 18s event or something I couldn't um, go and see them live so I had my window open and I was listening to them perform this album um, kicking myself that I wasn't old enough to see them but absolutely love it see I'm I'm a bit older than yourself and I remember London Grammar and at one point they were probably the biggest uk artist at the time in, in the scene um, i'm gonna be honest i can't remember the the single now but there was a single that really did kick off big yeah they had some some hits so i think just break people listening who don't think they know and probably do yes they, they absolutely they will they will know loads of advert type songs you'll, you'll have probably <laughs> heard from these guys so we're now entering the strata section so we start getting deeper and deeper now Section three, Strata. So we've had conversations in the past regarding what it means to be an enthusiast. Yeah. I'm an old man, so I remember when most people kept their hobbies to themselves. Of course, the rise of social media has played a massive part in bringing strange hobbies to the masses, but I also credit the current batch of young creators such as yourself with making it cool to be into roller coasters. I realize it's not cool to say it's cool, but stick with me. <laughs> um, at what moment... Did you first consider yourself an enthusiast? That's a good question. Um, I think so. I started making really silly, goofy remixes of theme park soundtracks and I put them on um, SoundCloud. This is about five years ago. And through doing that, I met a lot of people who were like-minded and loved their music and loved their roller coasters. Um, I used to visit Alton Towers with, because that was my home park. Um, I used to visit with a lot of friends from school and stuff, but then I started meeting these people online through social media and all of its powers. And um, yeah, people like me who are, who are a little bit more enthusiastic about roller coasters than my mates. And then um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say about, six years ago maybe i'd say i, I considered myself an enthusiast because you know i jumped on twitter and i jumped on the um making those remixes of the ride soundtracks which i loved and met a load of cool people um who shared the same passion for it i didn't realize how many there would be there is an ocean of people that love theme parks and i'm grateful to um know so many so yeah that's when i'd say i, I first got into it into the scene and so music's kind of your entry yeah 100 percent. yeah i i used to i used to come away from theme parks and play the soundtracks in my headphones i remember helix being a big one oblivion um 
air. What an incredible soundtrack that is. And I just remember thinking, oh, I love a bit of music. I do a bit of production, so I'll see if I can remix them. They were terrible back in the day, but um, I'm glad that I did it because it, it put me in touch with a lot of um, a lot of people who I call very close friends right now. Good. And I, I think the first thing I heard from yourself was, uh, is it the Smiler bass line? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And I'll still play that today. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, good fun. And we do need a new episode of wwdmb yeah well, i'm hoping that people are content with uh, the slk unlocked set that i just <laughs> dropped but i i i love doing that sort of stuff and putting a theme on it as well i love doing the blackpool one and um so yeah i might do one like a disney one or something what what would you want to see if i had to put Ooh. like a a theme i think or... like a universal studios one would be good because you could do film soundtracks yes. as well. oh i'd ruin it though because there's no beat in jurassic park calypso is there nah no <laughs> Some things are best left left how they are. But I tell you what, I would thoroughly enjoy. I love making these remixes. So Well, we'll um, give you a bit of time and say maybe next Halloween. And you got you got yeah, ten cool. months now. Yeah, I'll do like a Halloween one. Sounds good. Back to the island. We need one more ride. Yes. Uh we like to call it a ride zero, but it's what ride means the most to you. It can be a coaster, dark ride, flat ride, whatever you want. This is gonna come as a shock to absolutely no one uh, i'm gonna choose nemesis at alton towers um it's brilliant and there's nothing more to say about it but i can go on for days that's the problem um my dad loves this roller coaster i love this roller coaster and my dad's my hero so i kind of i'm, I'm very influenced by him it's my home park and it was always my favorite when i'd visit and i've had some amazing memories riding it I think it's such a special roller coaster. It's iconic, that atmosphere, um, the lore, the backstory. I feel like Nemesis speaks for itself. There's there's a lot of roller coasters which are like, oh, that's brilliant, but it's a roller coaster. In my head, Nemesis is special. It, I feel like it has its own complete identity. It's like a living, breathing, mechanical monster that lives in the heart of this forbidden valley I, th I think it's got its own identity and it, i think it's brilliant i love it to bits and i think uk people take it for granted yeah big time because again i'm old so i remember the time before nemesis um i would have been about eight when nemesis launched and there was nothing like it really in the world at the time mm. for, for what we could see um and a lot of younger people today have that as their first big coaster. And I don't think they realize how insane it is to have Nemesis as your first big coaster. Yeah. Not just some looper on a pier somewhere. Um, yeah, it's special. For me, I'd, I'd ridden roller coasters before Nemesis, but that was the first one that took me upside down. And I remember it being a real choice whether to do it or not. Um and I'm so glad I did. I came home buzzing. I I did it once and loved it so much. I think I rode it eight times. Came home, was so proud. Told all my I told my parents about it. And um, ever since then, it's just been a like a must ride. I can't not ride it unless it's down for refurbishment, which I'm very happy about. But and what are your thoughts on the new color scheme, the black and red? 
I am completely impartial. I like I I don't adore it, but I don't hate it, and I'm really excited to see the full package. I think once it opens next year, I'll be able to um, have an opinion on it. Um, but I am just excited to. I feel like the story's not complete; it's not fully unfolded. So I, there's no point in me saying I don't like the color black. Um, I loved when I first started riding it, it how it looked back in like 2012 2013 because it had the red river and the rust felt like rust but not real rust like <laughs> it it was gorgeous and um it looked like a beast and I, and I love that and I'll always associate Nemesis with that but yeah I'll have to wait until next year to see but I'm really excited to see uh whether any changes are made to the area that enhance that color and that new um bold look that they've given it and say Nemesis and Hyperia mm. decide that they're going to open on the same day. What's the decision? Oh, you know what? Um, I'll be called out for this as a fake fan, but I'm going to ride Hyperia because I've never ridden that experience before. Whereas I've ridden Nemesis. I know I love it. Uh, so I can wait a day. You know, I'll, I'll, you could drive up very quickly, one after the other. There we go. I'll give me one ride on Hyperia, then I'm straight up. And I know uh, the boys will give me stick for that because Nemesis is now woven into my branding as a theme park fan. Uh, but but I'm so excited to have Hyperia on my doorstep and that is at the top of the hype list for me. Cool. So now we're going to do last chance of picking a card. This can be quite deep, so be careful what card you pick. Let's do it. I'm going to dive in with this one. So describe your favorite moment in life. How does it feel now? It's a big question. Um, I'm I'm going to go for recency bias here because there's genuinely uh, too much to say. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in that aspect, but I think everyone's got so many uh, amazing moments in life. But I think my favorite... My favorite moment today is uh, this year I performed at Rock City in Nottingham and I was there with um, my best friend from home, Kedge, and that was already incredible. But from that performing at Rock City, we won the opportunity to um, to be on the main stage at Splendor Festival. And this was the festival in my local park that I said about London Grammar. Um, they played this festival and I couldn't get in at that time when I had my window open listening to them. Um, I've grown up all my life visiting this festival. Uh, it's like a 30,000 capacity festival and I got the chance to play main stage, perform on the main stage um, with one of my closest friends in the world and that was just a feeling that I can't really describe. It was just amazing, um, hard to quantify it in words just something really special to me doing what I love which is creating music and and music that I'd made in my bedroom as well just a couple of streets down the road hearing that on the speakers and, and being on stage with um my best mates was was awesome seeing my family there it was just an amazing moment for me something really special for me I think it some people might not realize what a big deal it is well first of all just to play Rock City like for anyone not into UK music, 
any band that makes it big in the US and comes over the tour here, Roxy is always on the first tour. Um, it's 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 the same tour you play Rock City, you play in Brixton Academy. Yeah, it's so crazy for us, not for the non-Northerners yeah, among us. Yeah. It's it's the Northern equivalent of a Brixton or a um, I don't know a Manchester Arena or something like that. It, that's big enough in itself, but to then go and play a festival in your hometown, it was cool. It's not. Experience. It's going to take a lot to beat that. It would, yeah, big time. And I, I think that's that's the case. I'd always seen acts perform at these venues, um, and when I was backstage at Rock City, they have a really cool. Um, like backstage corridors and, and, and rooms there. And there was loads of signs on the wall, signatures from loads of artists and like David Bowie, all all sorts of crazy people um, were hanging up in the back there. And I was thinking, I've got my own dressing room here. It was just the most surreal scenario. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Um, and to share that spotlight with um, my best mate was awesome as well. Um, yeah, just so cool. So I think that's, it always changes, but that the moment of playing um, the local festival uh, was was probably my my fave. And what would be your dream venue to play? I know we said about Music Plaza. Yeah, I, I think you played the Dome at Thorpe. I'm I'm taking <laughs> off some serious bucket list stuff this year. Um, I've I've always said the Dome uh, to anyone who asks. So, um, as of about two weeks ago. Uh, thank you to Mr. Jack Silkstone. He put on an absolutely amazing event uh, at Thorpe Park for Fright Night, showcasing it in its prime. And then we had the after party in the Dome. So um, I'm very grateful to have performed and DJed in the Dome. So that's a big tick off my bucket list. But there can't be many people who say they've played in the Dome. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah. And it's always been a joke every time. They're like, hey, we'd love to see you in the Dome. And I'm like, same. And then it, it's come true. Um got to thank the weather a little bit for that one it was going to be in the marquee but it worked out nicely and um it was it was a really fun time but for me yeah music plaza is the number one now under rip ride rocket um there's just something so special about that area it's built for live performance it's like a massive stage and to have a roller coaster soaring over your head um albeit not the best roller coaster in the world but at night time when those trains are lit up and it's zooming past um yeah that's uh that's a magical moment waiting to happen so that that's the next bucket list experience okay. so we so you could if you make a move into christian rock that might be your <laughs> way of getting on that bill uh, was it rock the universe watch this space i'll do anything to get on that stage all right so we're we're coming to the end now mm. but every island needs a finale the finale what nighttime show or spectacular would be perfect to end your day? I will add that I'll allow you to DJ the after party after the show. You're a legend. This island is looking great, but um, the crown jewel in my Desert Island podcast experience island is going to be, sorry, Desert Island Parks. My bad. Um, it's going to be Halloween Horror Nights, Nightmare Fuel, Revenge Dream. I kind of guessed that. Was it obvious? I think a few people I'll have on will probably pick the same show. And they're right to pick it because you'd be a fool not to. Um, on the surface, this show is just a glorified Halloween dance show with performers who don't wear a lot of clothing. But while that is a fact, 
there is so much that makes this show the best in the world that I have personally ever seen. Um, there's illusions, magic tricks, pyro, more fire than you'll ever think your eyes can behold. Um, the music is stunning, like properly sensational. And in this year's version, the 2023 version that me and yourself have seen recently, um, they even have sound bites from previous years that tie into the show and tie into the story to make it a full package. The dancers and performers who do it, I think four times a night, are incredible. Machines. I'm blown away every time I see them because they always, whether it's an early showing or a 12 midnight showing, giving it their absolute all. Um, the Fuel Girls are just insane, bonkers, throwing fire, juggling fire, jumping through fire, breathing fire. They do it all. I've never been so close to tears than watching the first uh, Nightmare Fuel show this year. And I'm going to stop because I could go on about it for years. And I've only seen it the once and that was this year. And it all, it starts from before the show. Yeah. The the effort that the, I guess DJ, I I don't know what it's called. The, the, the people running the sound desk basically are going insane pre-show. They know what they're doing because they, they start every show with, um, a remix of correct me if I'm wrong my chemical romance black parade yep and it's the Steve Aoki remix of it and that song has now skyrocketed up my Spotify wrapped because of the show um, they pump the crowd up so much and it's become a staple now iconic I could say even uh, for Halloween Horror Nights um, and it deserves it it's brilliant it's the atmosphere is electric it, I'm probably regretting saying earlier my happy place was that bench because if I'm sat in that in that uh, auditorium with a Bud Light watching that show I'm getting emotional talking about it James I really am I think it probably helps that whenever you've seen it you've been surrounded by your mates yeah the best people. and it's thousands of miles from home sort of thing it's it, it adds to it doesn't it and I'm in a short I'm in shorts and a t-shirt there's so much there's a bit of fog creeping oh, in stop it's yeah it it could make grown men cry i've seen a lot of um stick about the show online but genuinely it's stunning and the more layers that you unravel um the more and more i'm impressed by it we watched it every night that we were at hhn and we did that because we adored it and we're just blown away every time the illusions are fantastic it's, it's yeah it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's so good. And I'm praying it returns next year. I think that the the fact that it's not sell out is the wrong word because you don't pay, but it's it's full. Every show is full yeah. every night. Packed. I think it's got a return. They turn people away, don't they? You think how many people fit in that place, where they're going to go if they're not in there. <laughs> exactly yeah it's 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 crazy it's it's beautiful and um i love it to bits if if anyone listening has no idea what i'm talking about please 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 go onto youtube and find um a video of the show it will knock your socks off so that's your island selected so if we give it a quick rundown what have we got 
We've got Ride to Happiness. Boom. Something, again, you can ride again and again. It's different every time. You struggle to get bored. Yes. We have Dinosaur. Oh, it's got so much heart, so much character. I'm very happy to sit on that all day. Although I think I might get a bit black and blue bruised from it. You've got plenty of time to recover on the beach. Yeah, you know what? I'll um, sunbathe it off, have a little dip in the in the sea. I'll be all right. And then you've got Nemesis. I'm very chuffed with that. That's quite a good lineup, Nemesis and Ride Happiness. Yeah, I, I hope people like it. I, I know it's very personal to me, but I'd say that's a... I'd get an annual passer, I reckon. Yeah. Especially every night you've got nightmare fuel to end the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's worth whatever it costs for entry. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Have you got anything you need to plug and where can people find you online? Oh, bless you. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can find me on social media at I am Archie Music. I have a YouTube channel called Arch Nemesis uh, where I post loads of silly vlogs and uh, some cool music stuff and um, yeah it's been an absolute honour I've absolutely loved chatting with uh, with you bro it's been wicked thank you again goodbye bye that was Desert Island Parks thank you for listening and a massive thank you to our guest please remember to subscribe leave us a review and follow us on all social media at The Dip Podcast <laughs>